All right, let's bring in Sean Merriman, of course. Lights out, great player, rookie of the year in the National Football League. Covers a tough sports. guy. Huh? Yeah, of course he's a tough guy. Um, what's uh, Sean, first of all, happy Thanksgiving. Uh, s- second of all, what's your reaction to Bruce Arians openly criticizing Tom Brady? Well, I, I just don't believe in that in general. Um, and as much as I'm a Tom Brady hater for life, and I, I'm not afraid <laughs> to admit that, um, I don't think he, he should be doing that because that, that just creates turmoil in the locker room. I mean, we we all got eyes. We can see what the problem is. We we seeing that Tom Brady hasn't completed a, a good pass past thirty yards down the field. We can all we can all tell that. But we don't need the finger pointing in the locker room. I mean, Tom Brady has never been a guy as like again, as much as I like to bash and, and talk crap about Tom, Tom Brady has never been the guy that's called out anybody publicly, not a coach, not a player. Um, not anybody on the staff. He's never done that. Um, so I will always give him credit for that. But also, too, you got to look at you knew what you was getting when he got there. You knew what type of uh, player Tom Brady was. And they got all these uh, people who do the statistics and analyze and, you know, analytics and do everything like that in-house. And you saw that Tom Brady is not a great passer the last five to seven years over 25 yards. You know that. So if you get down there and you don't have a system in place for a guy that's not accurate over you know 30 yards, why would you bring him in? So they created the problem. They had opportunities. I mean, they had opportunities to go get multiple players during the offseason and didn't. You know, you had an opportunity, uh, opportunity to go get Cam Newton. You had an opportunity to get, uh, you know, I think Jameis was there. And I'm not, I'm not saying that either one of these guys is better than Tom. I'm just saying that, that if you have a system where that re- requires you to throw the ball down the field and make big plays, go get that guy. Don't be mad at Tom because he's not accurate over over 20 yards. You you created that problem. Sean, what if also Tom Brady in that game where they lost to the Rams, walked off the field, didn't shake Jared Goff's hand, and, and, and I, I get it. Tom has won a lot, six Super Bowls. A lot of people have crowned the guy. How, I just think it's classless because he's done it before. When he, when he beat Jared Goff in the Super Bowl, of course he was there to shake his hand. But he walked out on Nick Foles during the Super Bowl when Nick Foles played an unbelievable game and won Super Bowl MVP. And earlier this year when Nick Foles beat him again, Tom Brady was a no-show, you know, to shake his hand. What do you make of that? And isn't that a bad look for a guy of his his stature? Yeah, absolutely. And, and you know, I got a theory, and I don't know him right, but I've, I've been saying this. Now, um, I always thought that he had something against Nick Foles. Uh, I don't know what that something is or what yeah. Nick Foles said or did. Yeah. I thought he had something personally against Nick Foles. But <clears throat> I felt he also ran off the, ran off into the locker room again to make it not about Nick Foles because that's what uh, he talked about for this past year. Mm. Okay, so I, that's, that's what we all – So, so let me, can, I, can, we, can we – let's just flesh this out here. Yeah, okay, Sean Merriman joined us. Uh, Rob Parker, Doug Gottlieb, we all just for, for just for radio world out there, we all know each other and generally like each other. So, like, let's let's pretend this is like a little Zoom call. Um, Sean, do you think it's he doesn't view Foles on his level? He's like, are you kidding me? This is the guy who wins the Super Bowl. Like, I know who Nick. Like, and, and I mean, is it is it is that possibly it? I mean, what I'm I'm trying to get into his mind of what he could have against Nick Foles, who's by all accounts, 
Cena is a really good dude. Like I, I know Nick a little bit. He lives near me in the off season. I played hoop with him. He seems like a guy that everybody likes. He's a very religious guy, but warm and friendly. Doesn't seem to be a phony. And, My, and, Doug, and Doug, he had a most, he had an unbelievable Super Bowl game. Right, he had right. an unbelievable Super Bowl. But like, do you think he's sitting there going like, wait, we didn't play Malcolm Butler. This guy is not that good, and he has this unbelievable. He wins the Super Bowl, and uh, if you remember that Super Bowl. Uh, other th- the the Patriots actually never punted in it. Brady turned it over to really end the game. He, he misread the defense and got hit. Uh, but they missed a field goal. They missed an extra point. Whatever. I my my only thing I can think of is maybe he thinks here's a guy who won a Super Bowl against me and he's not on my level. Do you have any hypotheses as what it could possibly be? Yeah, I think that's exactly what it is because you got to understand that after Nick Foles won that game, I mean people are talking about him like he was the best thing since sliced bread. Right, I mean, we we all put Nick Foles on a pedestal that he shouldn't have never been. He just played the perfect game. They ran perfect play calling. I mean, they caught these guys off guards and the Patriots on their heels the entire time. It was a perfectly called game. And after that game, everybody wanted to crown Nick Foles as as some great quarterback, which he was nowhere close to being. Now, you know, Tom Brady, uh, looking looking at it from his standpoint. I would be I would be pissed too, but not pissed enough to go and just shake the man's hand. So I, it, when when that happened, I just feel like it was something a little bit more personal. Maybe something Nick Foles said or did. And, and like you said, I've I've seen him. You know, he's had great religious rants <laughs> right after the game. Until he, I can tell what kind of guy he is. But you know, there has to be something else there in order for him to do that because it can't be because you just won one game against them it has to be something more and in my I, I just have this strange feeling that it was always about Nick Foles always about Nick Foles and now Tom Brady has to run off the field to someone else to take it not about Nick Foles I just don't be, I just don't believe that uh Tom Brady with the spotlight on him and him knowing that the backlash he's going to get by not shaking another guy's hand will continuously do it so I I, I just have to feel that he has to do something to mix it up and, and and Sean, there's no way Tom. The people say the minions who will support Tom Brady. Oh well, he's just frustrated. He, he didn't play well, and he's just mad. My point is, if they lose to the Kansas City Chiefs and Tom Brady doesn't play well, do you think he'll run off the field and not shake Patrick Mahomes' hand? No, no way. No, not at all. Wait, 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 no, wait. not at all. Rob, it, you it, can't it, give me a no it, way, no how? I mean, it's, I mean, it's uh, like 6.30 in the no morning. No way, no, no, no how it, on this Thanksgiving it, Day morning. Well, all right. Well, I'm waiting for those. Look, he's gone, up, he's gone up to Drew, to Drew Brees. He's gone up to other great quarterbacks. He's gone up to some guys who are not great quarterbacks. I just think that Tom has a certain level of respect for certain guys. Um, and, and it's not anything uh, – you know, he's not like a sore loser. I just believe that he ha- he picks and chooses who he show respect to. And if that was anybody else other than Tom Brady, we would be slamming him all over the place. But, you know, his supporters and people who just love him to death will support him no matter what. But it's, it's at the end of the day, it just it's not right. You, you know, there's something I want to ask you about. Sean Merriman, our guest, Rob Parker, Doug Gottlieb, in for, for, for Dan and the Danettes. Um, one of the things lost in that game is – the Rams appear to be really good, right? And what the Rams did to the Buccaneers is kind of similar to what the Giants did to the Patriots in the Super Bowl uh, both times, which is the ability to get to Tom Brady without blitzing. 
right? And by the way, this is what the Rams did to the Seahawks is they could they could get to Russell Wilson without blitzing. And a lot of this comes down to Aaron Donald and his his dominance, which attracts a double team and sometimes even more. Um, look, you were great at what you did, Sean. You came off the edge. You weren't the interior pass rusher, but you weren't able to sustain it for nearly as long because of because of injury. I'm just wondering, from a guy who's been down in those trenches, who 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 does Aaron Donald compare to? Because he's so he's unbelievably dominant at a position that we don't normally recognize as such. You can't compare him to anybody because we haven't seen anything like this. And I played with some great D tackles. You know, I played with a guy by the name of Jamal Williams, who was a who's more of a big guy who took up two blockers in the 3-4 scheme. And then I went to Buffalo and played with Cal Williams. And Cal Williams, I mean, look, if Buffalo had a, uh, you know, winning years and they had more TV games, we would put Cal Williams up there, some of the greatest D tackles of all time. But he's not talked about enough because they didn't get to shine. So, and I just, and he's, you know, he's a Pro Bowl player, but he would have won multiple Pro Bowls if, if Buffalo uh, had more visual and things like they had more TV games. There, we haven't seen anything like Aaron Donald before because this guy is doing this. Pro, people don't understand being an outside linebacker to have you know double digit sacks every year if you're really good. You know that seems about right. You have doing what he's doing for the interior and knowing that you're coming into the game and he's going to get double and triple teamed and the way he gets so creative to get skinny uh, between that guard and that center to, to turn his hips and explode through guys and play mind games and, and run stunts and go and hit an opposite guard on the other side that's not looking just so you can blow another guy up and get there still. It's just he's gotten so creative and so dangerous that he, like Lawrence Taylor did long, long time ago, man, and the way people blocked him and how he, you know, the reason why the short pass game and quick game was created was because of Lawrence Taylor. And what's happening, what we're seeing right now with Aaron Donald, they're about to change the game. They're going to start having to do something that they've never done in the history of football in order to block it. Sean, uh, today is, of course, Thanksgiving, and one of the traditions in the NFL is that the Detroit Lions play. Doug and I are going to talk about this later on in the show. but uh, And this has been going on. The Lions first played a Thanksgiving Day game back in 1934, so it's longstanding. I covered 20 years of those games. But is it time for the Lions to be off and, and maybe somebody else? Should we end this tradition of the Lions being our Thanksgiving Day uh, pre-game, because pre-meal game that we've watched all these years? They have to. <laughs> you know, <laughs> they have to. Look, I stopped watching the Lions on Thanksgiving when Barry Sanders retired. You know, like, right. um, you know, and, and, I, and I love watching Megatron and, and Matthew Stafford and, and things like that. It, they've been excited, but I, I just like, man, what did they sign a 55-year deal? I, I just don't know and understand um, how the games aren't more competitive because, as we all know, people watch uh, the, the games for stars, right? I mean, the, the NFL has kind of turned into the NBA as far as uh, the stardom and what, being able to watch a Patrick Mahomes and being able to watch – uh, you know, big-time quarterbacks and running backs and playmakers. I mean, we that's what the NFL is now. So when that's the case, you have to have them on one of the most important parts of the year um, and, and make it enjoyable uh, for these, especially these tough times we're going through. We need to see some. We need to see some stars and some excitement. I don't. I just don't think that enough people are going to be sitting in front of the TV to watch the watch the Lions. Sean Merriman, join us. You got the Lights Out podcast. Uh, what's what's on the latest Lights Out podcast? 
Yeah, we just had Tyron Woodley, man. We, uh, you know, as, oh, as, as you guys incredible. know, Rob, we talked about it. Yeah. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm heavy into the MMA. I got my my uh, lights out extreme fighting my MMA league, which should be getting back up here as soon as our uh, our governor get his stuff together <laughs> in California. Um, but uh, yeah, so I had Tyron Woodley, and we just talked about his last his last fights, man, and and him wanting to fight everybody he lost again. So. Um, I'm interested. I can't wait to see what's uh, what's going to happen here when we get back up and going again. Yeah, uh, you're going to buy Tyson and Roy Jones? No way, no how. I, I know I you're not going to buy that. Sean. I'm, I'm, Please, just... I am. Wow. I am. I am because you know. Look, I, I oh, and I always said this, right? I don't care how old Mike Tyson is. He always going to have one punch that's going to be able to knock you out, and that I'll pay for. So. Uh, you know, and then also, you know, I don't know if you guys are into it, but Jake Paul, Jake Paul is also fighting Nate Robinson, I think, on that card. And uh, I got a chance to, tr- to train with uh, with Jake Paul. Wait, wait, train wait. The DJ. Okay, can he? Does he have any chance? Uh, Jake Paul is going to probably knock Nate Robinson out somewhere in the late first, early second. Really? More, more than likely. No, I, I just because Nate, now, now Nate, Nate. I mean Nate. I, I mean Nate was known in NBA circles as a dude who you didn't want to mess with. Now, part of it is little guys have nothing to lose. Exactly. Right? Like, nothing to lose. But but Nate was Nate was the guy who could flip the switch on you. But you really think Jake Paul's really going to get him? Yeah. After Jake Paul win, I mean, we've been pushing him to go pro. I think he should turn to be a pro no. boxer. He's that good. I think he has a shot. Um, he has a, a former pro uh, trainer and I've watched him over this last two years in, in personal workouts and sparring matches against some of the pros. I think he should go pro after this fight. Wow. Sean, Sean if you could fight anybody in the uh, media, who would you fight? No, I'm just kidding. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, there's, there's, there's several. I thought so. <laughs> okay. We're having connection issues. We're having connection issues with Sean Merriman. <laughs> <laughs> it would have been it would have been them talking crap with me when I was playing. I'm good with everybody now, but back when I was playing, I had I got a couple people I would love to lay out. Uh, All right. Hey, Sean. Happy Thanksgiving, man. Thanks for joining. Happy Thanksgiving. Hey, Thanksgiving. Thank you. All right, uh, Sean Merriman. Uh, uh, that was fun. Us.